Hello, and welcome to Around the Table, a podcast about food stories from science to everyday life. In this episode, Stanley interviews Madeline Power, who is a research fellow in the Department of Health Sciences at the University of York. Her present work involves food aid and food insecurity in multi-faith, multi-ethnic contexts, all in the UK. She's founder and former chair of the York Food Justice Alliance, which is a cross-sector partnership that addresses food insecurity at the local level. And she's co-chair of the Independent Food Aid Network. Maddie, thank you so much for coming on Around the Table. Welcome. Thank you. Now, your present work involves expanding um, understandings of food aid and food insecurity in multi-faith, multi-ethnic contexts, um, and um, all in the UK. Can you expand on your research? Sure, yeah. So a lot of the work I've done so far has been in Bradford. So we've been looking at food insecurity among Pakistani Muslim groups and among white British groups to really get a sense of actually if there's any variations in food insecurity among these groups. Because the background to this is that if you look at research on food insecurity in the United States, there's clear ethnic differences in food insecurity where actually it looks like ethnic minority groups are much more likely to be at risk of food insecurity to experience hunger. But in Bradford, what we find is that Pakistani groups seem to experience less food insecurity than the white British groups. So it goes against what you might find. And we've done some work um, with women, talking to them about their experiences. And they talk about protective effects of social networks and family networks and how this might lead to less food insecurity. But we also find that if you look at food banks and the support networks that people might be using who are food insecure, actually food banks can be quite exclusive. And so, for instance, in Bradford, we find that the Pakistani women don't go to food banks at all. And actually, they're quite exclusive in terms of race and religion. So there's questions there about actually, is there less food insecurity among the Pakistani group than the white British group? Or is it concealed? Is there stigma? Is there racism? So the work I'm doing now is trying to take that work forward a bit by looking at more ethnic groups in the UK um, and to question whether um, racism and um, systemic disadvantage and particularly whiteness in the food aid arena, how that affects um, food insecurity and whether people go to food banks or not. Can I follow up a little bit? Um, you mentioned social networks. How do you see those working in the Bradford context? Well, what we find in the Bradford context is that, um, particularly among the Pakistani Muslim community there, people often live in quite large households and because of patterns of migration, people are often living with family. So when I spoke to women in Bradford, they told me that actually food circulates around the community generally, regardless of food needs. So someone might cook something and pass it over the garden fence, and then someone else might give something back the next day. So actually those social networks and that kind of automatic circulation of food means that you might actually have perhaps have less food insecurity among that community. Um, I can't resist another follow-up question, if that's okay, which is how have um, the people you're working with in Bradford fared under, under COVID-19? 
yeah, it's been really, really tough. And actually, one thing that we're going to be looking at going forward is how their circumstances have changed. Because actually, what we seem to see now in in surveys that are currently going on in Bradford, looking at people's present circumstances, is that relationship between ethnicity and food insecurity has flipped. So actually, the Pakistani Muslim people are reporting much higher food insecurity because they tend to have been um, worse affected. It's actually quite a lot of them are self-employed um, and there might not be the support services there that they really need. Now, you're founder of the York Food Justice Alliance. What work does this do and, and what's your specific role in the organisation? Yeah, so the York Food Justice Alliance was started probably now about three years ago. And at the time in York, there was some organisations tackling hunger, um, some food banks, but actually they were all very disparate and there was no joined up campaign. So it was started to join up all those organisations that were concerned about hunger in some sense. So that might be a food bank, but that also might be citizens advice, or it could be a growing project. And to see how collectively we could tackle hunger maybe by giving out food but actually much more importantly how we could come together to campaign on food insecurity and to develop policy on food insecurity and raise it to local governments that they then took action. You just mentioned growing projects what do they involve? They can be a variety of things really so they can be often very kind of grassroots I suppose organic that actually it's a loose network and people might come together once a week and um, grow food on allotment. There might be education there. Um, they might have um, ed- incredible edible, for instance, is a good example that actually just has growing beds. And then volunteers come and grow food and people can then come and um, pick that food and eat that food. So often they tend to be quite grassroots, quite inclusive, and they might have an ed- a kind of educative component. Now, the Independent Food Aid Network, can you tell me something about your work with them? Mm, So the Independent Food Aid Network is a national network of representing food banks that are independent. So that really means that they're not part of the Trust of Trust. And I'm currently co-chair of that organisation in partnership with um, D. Woods, Deirdre Woods. And the organisation is partly representative organisation, so it represents independent food banks, and at the moment we're doing lots of work to kind of support them through the crisis, so we might make sure they have the latest guidance, give out grants, but actually the organisation is very much about not having food banks, so we want a world in which people don't need to access food banks, so we are an organisation that campaigns um, for an end to food poverty, so we do a lot of work about systemic change about change the welfare state. So, for instance, we'd always support and, and be involved with campaigns to um, continue the £20 uplift in universal credit. And we also try to take quite a critical approach because we're quite a small organisation and we're also quite democratic um, to what happens within the kind of food aid industry. So, actually, if there are um, kind of developments that mean that food banks are becoming much more institutionalised, so much more embedded within the structures of society and within the welfare state, we will be very critical and we will try to stop that, whether that's through kind of words or through our partnerships. Okay, now, how are your campaigns focused? Who are you, who are you addressing? The campaigns, so they could be public, so we could be addressing just the general public and saying, write to your MP about this issue. 
they could be very close. They could be working with a, a small group of fairly high-profile organisations like the Trust of Trust and JRF and Child Poverty Action Group to develop a policy ask and then actually work with politicians to see if that can happen. Um, so we've been quite involved with the kind of free school meals discussions um, to then try and get um, kind of legislation through and policy enacted. What do you see as the most important aspect of your work and, and for whom is it important? I think perhaps um, in an industry, we're in a kind of field and what is also an industry of food insecurity and food banks. And that's quite a recent topic in a way. And food banks are relatively recent to take quite a critical approach at every level. So questioning why they exist questioning who food banks serve, questioning the reason that we have food insecurity, which is partly clearly about the inadequacy of the welfare state, um, but also questioning why we're looking at food insecurity rather than poverty, um, who's constructing these ideas, um, who benefits, who loses. And so I suppose in some ways it's the kind of there's abstract questions in a way, but actually they have quite material effects of actually there's very little research, for instance, on ethnic minorities and food and poverty and there's questions about why there is so little research on those groups given that actually racism and discrimination are likely to be very involved in who accesses food and who might not be able to access food. What's on the horizon for you? Well at the moment I'm a mixture of things really but at the moment I'm doing a Welcome Trust Fellowship looking at much more in depth at the relationship between hunger and ethnicity um, and particularly trying to kind of theorise that a bit more. So how is that embedded within historical inequalities and how is that embedded within existing ideologies, sort of like neoliberalism, but also stigma and racism and discrimination and all those kind of systemic factors. So it's really just trying to embed the work I've already done, but also work with lots of different groups. So my research has been quite concentrated so far um, on Pakistani Muslim women with whom I've done quite a bit of work but to work with lots of other communities and to see how ethnicity varies, uh, sorry, how food insecurity varies um, across lots of different ethnic groups, but also to work with kind of white British groups and white groups and think about the role of whiteness and white norms in kind of creating food insecurity and how that affects experiences and how that affects inequalities in food insecurity. Again, I can't resist a follow-up question. Um, very important work. Can you see um, it having relevance in the United States and other countries as well? I would hope so. I'm partly because I mean there's a huge body and history of research on food insecurity in the United States, and they have very robust evidence showing ethnic differences in food insecurity and showing that ethnic minorities are highly disadvantaged and much more likely to be food insecure and also are overrepresented at food banks. But in the UK, because we have a different ethnic mix, a different demography um, of our population, um, and we seem to perhaps find different things. So I suppose it's kind of pulling out and teasing out those differences and questioning why there might be differences, um, as well as highlighting any similarities. How can people find out about the um, independent food aid network where would they go we've got a website um, which is kind of updated quite regularly so just just the independent food aid network really 
um, just online, and a, a Twitter feed. We're quite active on Twitter um, with kind of lots of any kind of criti- like immediate critical responses would probably be on Twitter. Madeline Power, thank you so much. My pleasure. Thank you very much. Around the Table is a personal production of Dr. Tess Bird and Professor Stanley Uliazak, who are anthropologists of food and nutrition and of household uncertainty and insecurity. The opinions and ideas expressed are solely those of the contributors and podcasters and do not reflect the opinions of any university body. The music in this episode is by Blue Dot Sessions. Thank you for tuning in.